You're listening to the No Shot Podcast, where we discuss sports, true stories, and mental health. Powered by True Victory Apparel and Hillside Productions. Let's get after it. You got no shot. Welcome to the No Shot Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Santarelli, here with my co-host, T-Mike and Chopstick. What it do, y'all? What's going down, world? Today's episode on the No Shot. We're bringing back that Mega Man, that guest, that stud, that star. We got Billy Williams. Oh, yeah. Let's give it a round of applause. Snap your fingers for the man. Snap your fingers. Thanks, Shanta. Yeah. <laughs> the reaction there, right? I, I did uh, not yeah. feel welcome. You know, sometimes I miss social cues. So, <laughs> t- t- topics <laughs> that make sense that are relevant to the No Shot podcast. Obviously, Billy has a massive amount of wealth of knowledge when it comes to youth sports, youth development, interactions with parents, etc. And on this podcast, we want to expound upon that. So this is going to be a big time question and answer day. But we also want to let you guys kind of get to know Billy more so than just saying, hey, he's he's, he's Chop's dad. So Billy's going to give you a little bit more of a breakdown on his past, and we're going to go ahead and shoot into some questions. Send it, Billy. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, uh, Josh and Jordan. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thanks for having me back. Um, as I said, my name is Billy. Uh, for those of you that you're uh, tuning in your first time, welcome. I hope you're a long-time listener. If this is your first time, what are you doing? I oh, know. What have you been doing? <laughs> go, go and listen to the other cast and then come we back. We have eight other episodes for you to listen to. My goodness. Get on your so. game. But uh, anyway, I... I did work at the uh, University of South Florida Athletic Department for uh, seven years. Go Bulls! Uh, really enjoyed my time there. I uh, got to see the uh, the world from the collegiate athlete uh, perspective um, in a very exciting time. I've also been a, uh, a youth coach uh, for about 10 years. Um, watched a lot of successes, a lot of failures, and the proper way to, to, to coach and develop kids. Um, obviously, we've talked about the parental interaction before. Um, the challenge that that poses, but it's um, it's it, youth sports is a a totally different world than what people that aren't involved in could possibly understand. So uh, I'm looking forward to this, guys. All right, awesome. Let's move forward with it. Question: We all understand that everybody, especially at the youth sports level, has their own interpretation of what they think development should look like. Whatever tier they're on, however they want to think about it. In your opinion, Billy, what are some of the strongest foundational pieces for a young athlete to be getting started with as they continue to grow? What should their foundational blocks be as they grow to become better athletes? That's a good question, Mike. I I think, first off, they have to really want to be in the sport they're in. Um, Hmm. a A lot of that is parents wanting to live vicariously through their kids. They were... Dad was a good baseball player. Mom was a good tennis player. So they want to put their kids in those sports. And I think there will be some of that rub off a little bit there that'll keep them interested for a little bit. But if they don't like the sport, they're not going to listen to their parents. They're not going to listen to any coach. They're, to them, it's a waste of time. So they have to have a either a little bit of familiarity, but more important, a little bit of love for the sport that they're getting into. Uh, secondly, and I, I think obviously, they have to have a little bit of athletic ability. Um you know, that, that's, that's pretty important. I mean, I, I've coached kids that didn't necessarily have that, right. uh, the athletic mm-hmm. ability. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah. it, it, it does make it difficult, but, I mean, there's so many more opportunities to develop kids outside of just the physical traits and tools they need 
to be successful. You're still teaching them uh, teamwork, uh, cohesion amongst uh, their peers and stuff like that. And, and that's, a, that's a vitally important piece of it too. So. Very important. I mean, you didn't, you weren't my actual coach in my sports, but I know after practice, after games, you still coached me. Of course, you you see things I, as a, and I know we don't want to get into the parental aspect of it again, but you, you have to as a parent and as a coach, you, you have to be, and I don't want to be redundant with the wording, but you have to be cohesive with the parents at home and the coaches on the field to be teaching the same things. Yeah. I would see things that your coaches were teaching you on the football field or the baseball field and try to try to expand on that a little bit more right. and teach you more of what they're getting into as a parent. Yes, as, as a coach, I'll listen to what the parents are saying to their kids, especially the ones that are very active with their kids and are actually spending time with them at home, and you want to kind of help develop those traits. And I imagine parents, you know, when they see their kid taking up their sport, a tear comes to their eye. And, oh, sure. You know, but they, they love seeing that. And, like, there's nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely not. Right. No, no, it's it's something I think that's important for the parents because it helps them be involved if it's a sport that they like as well. You know, if if Katie or Jordan or, or Michael would have said, hey, I want to go do, you know, well, I've played water polo, but, I mean, if they went and wanted to go do <laughs> I, uh, I actually did play on. water polo. Yeah, I did. Man, um, many trades. And I, I played rugby. But, but there's certain <laughs> things like Michael played lacrosse, and I never played lacrosse. Yeah, and But it, it's lacrosse is one of those things that there's some rudimentary traits to the game of lacrosse that are very similar to soccer or hockey. And, and ice hockey, especially with us being down here in Florida, wasn't a thing before the Lightning and the Panthers came along. But it's still all the same game. The you Panthers? Play, you, Who? <laughs> that team down in Miami or wherever they're at. Wait, um, football? Yeah, no. No yeah. hockey. <laughs> the, um, the, the, you still play defense. You still have a goalie. And you still have forwards that try to score on the other team. It's it's all the same sport. You just get to whack people with a metal pole. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. really the only thing. Well, that's the best part. That Which is was, the best part. That, that was I, great I wish for, they had that when I was It was great for Michael. He, he just got to hit he people. Got, yeah. 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 And he he's a big kid. his aggression. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, with that in mind... There's a lot of clarity that comes with that. But I want to kind of break this down into four individual segments. Again, I, I talked about the platform, the foundation. I like to equate them as IQ. So I'm going to present this question one at a time. Okay. There should be, in my opinion, this is just T-Mike on the no shot, a sports IQ, a skills IQ, hmm. a strength and conditioning IQ, and an emotional IQ. All right. If we were going to put those in order, Billy, Billy Williams, Mr. USF. What would that be? One to four, four being the least important to one being the most important. Once again, those IQs goes as follows. Skills IQ, strength and conditioning IQ, emotional IQ. What was the last one, guys? Sports IQ. Sports IQ. Knowing what sport you're playing. I think there's. I think it's like learning a foreign language. I took. I took French in high school. Do you, you, still, do you um, still know French? I, I do. I do. Oh, all right. Uh, un peu. But I, I, I know um, <laughs> enough. I know enough. But 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 French it means a little. French is, <laughs> French is very similar to Italian, which is very similar to Spanish. I mean, so there's some there's some playable. Like we were just talking about with lacrosse compared to soccer, compared to you know all the uh, all these even water polo for that matter. Because you still have your defenders, you still have your goal. 
the, the, the sports knowledge itself, I would say, is probably fourth for me. Um, Number four is IQ. Yeah, your typical sports IQ. I don't. I don't. I can teach a kid how to hit or how to play defense on a diamond without them knowing the the ins and outs of what baseball is and how to play it. Because I can teach you the mechanics of what to do, and that can make you successful on the field. And do you think that the sports IQ just comes mostly from experience? I, I think it comes from. And we'll use baseball and softball as an example. I think it comes from sitting down with your dad on a Saturday or Sunday, you know, and watching the Rays play or, or going yeah. to a spring training game. It, it, it's fun, and there's more familial uh, interaction going on. Mm-hmm. I, I, nice. My kids want to go do something, so I'll take them to a ball game. They may hate it, but if they don't, then we've got something in common, and we can learn a little bit about Connect baseball together. together. So, so personal right. and exterior. I think a good coach, yes, 100%. I think a good coach can coach any sport. Yeah. Let me put it to you that way. I, I think I think if yeah. you know the ins and outs of the game, the, the pluses and minuses, to me, I'm an old school guy. Defense wins championships. If I can teach a kid how to not let a ball roll between their legs, I can I can guarantee you I can teach them how to hit. And I, okay? I think, you know, with my experience refereeing, uh, I, I could spot coaches that really, they cared but their their ability to coach was not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was just it was kind of aggravating to see because it's like the, these kids are kind of being I would say gypped a little bit. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, Josh. The you have coaches that are capable of winning with good athletes. Right. I don't have to coach you. I can just put you out there on the field. If I have if I have ten you know Mikes or ten Jordans or ten Joshes, and I know what your skill set is, I can win a game. The trick as a good coach is development, and I know that's what we're you know part of what we're talking about here is I can develop kids and teach them the mechanics of the game and learn how to get better, and I can take a lesser team and beat most other people coaching. So do you think it's what's more important, knowing where to put who? Or being able to teach anybody, I think they're equally important. I can teach. I can. Some kids just aren't going to be as good defensively. You can teach them all day long, you know. And that's where the other three IQs that we were talking about earlier. There's there's a physical trait to this that you just. I can teach you all day long, but if you still aren't good physically, you're not going to be good. I, I can't coach good into somebody yeah. if they're <laughs> but, not good. But you, yeah. you wouldn't. You wouldn't tell a kid like, look, it's just not worth it for you to play. No, what I would do is I, I, you know, not to divulge any secrets here, but you just kind of shove them out into right field, you know, and oh. you don't have to worry. If they're good hitters, you can put them in places where they can still be successful. Is if they're good why, fielders. Is that why I played left field? <laughs> no, left field's amazing. And then, of course, you give them a good, you've got a rocket for an arm. I want to put you in the outfield. Cannon fire, my guy. Yes, yes. I mean, not bragging, but I mean, I can one hop it to home. So. No, sure you can. No, no, Chop's always had a great arm. And, um... So with that in mind, what's the next IQ? What would you stack up? Since we know what the bottom is, what's number three on the list? He's digging deep, folks. It's well, this isn't it. that easy because this is this is a two this is a two sided coin, Mike. Okay, it, I don't want to offend anybody here. Okay, but I've been known to do that anyway. So <laughs> no, I'm going to say it this way. I'm going to say it this way. 
boy athletes are less emotional on the field than girl athletes. I don't, I don't think that's offensive. I, it, that's it's true. It, it, well, that's coming from a bunch of guys. So. <laughs> I don't feel as bad as you should right now. Um, I do not agree, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> but but I, but I will say this. In, 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 my, in coaching my daughter, I will say that it's different dealing with a bunch of females on the, fe- on the diamond than it is dudes. Dudes just get angry and then they play through what they're doing. Girls can get emotional and they're out of their game. So we're talking about the emotional IQ right now. Yeah, I, I would say it's important and, and it's number three is emotional IQ. It is <laughs> if you're dealing with dudes and with, with girls, you really have to take that into consideration. You you have to interesting. So for dudes, emotional is three, but for females, it's you would three. say for, it's... for three for girls, it might be two. You know, I mean, it's, it really is because you can't, if you, if you get under the skin of players in general, if as a coach, all I'm doing is sitting there berating you over things that you're doing wrong, you're checking out, you know, we're talking about you sports right now. You're checking out of the game. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it it is a key thing. You you have to be able to nurture these kids and you want to get your point across and still teach and, and still correct but there's a way to do that to make it successful. Do you think uh, it's important for a coach to be quick to compliment and slow to chastise? You have to correct. But you better be complimenting these kids when they make a, a, a good play, a good stop, a good hit, or whatever. You have to cheer them on, and the only words out of your mouth cannot be what they're doing wrong all the time. It's just like yeah. parenting. I mean, I mean, I mean, you're going to kill the drive to play. Well, of course you will. And, you know, and I know we've talked about this in previous episodes about the travel ball thing, and that's where they lose a lot of these kids, whether they're boys or girls, is because all they're constantly doing is correcting, 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 and telling them what they're doing wrong. And I've heard coaches on the diamond that I've coached with and coached against that all they do is criticize their players the entire time, and that's why they're mediocre so coaches. So are they hoping that these players will just self-correct? Yeah, they think that they keep coaching. I, I've seen coaches before, Josh, and getting back to the point we made previously, that have all the knowledge in the world. I've seen coaches that were kids of coaches that have all the knowledge in the world in their sport, but they keep trying to force a system down these kids' throat and telling them where they're not meeting their system instead of switching them around and playing to their strengths. So, yeah, emotional is a big thing, but I mean... I would put it, honestly, Mike, and, and I know you don't want to hear this, but I would put it and strength and conditioning probably 2A, 2B, 3A, 3B, however you want to label those. Because I can still take a kid that is out of shape and make them successful. Are they going to be better? Let's talk football for a minute. Sure. Yes. You only you can only have so many offensive linemen and defensive linemen on the football field. So strength and conditioning <laughs> does play a part in that. Is a kid going to be a better hitter with with more strength? Yes, of course. I mean, a lot of it is timing. A lot of it is is hip flip, you know, and 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 a lot of that does play a part. But a stronger kid's going to hit the ball farther. They're going to tackle harder. They're going to run faster. They're going to do those things and be more elevated as far as their peers than somebody that's not, you know. So obviously that 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 only leaves one other thing as far as the IQs go. Dun 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 dun. dun. No. So, Number and, and it's I think it's I think they're all vitally important. So let's not you know let's not um, um, mince words. Yes, use your words, Billy. Use your words. Use your words. Skills skills are important. You know, but you can develop skills. Like I said, I, I've seen coaches before that have coached with me that are amazing teaching a kid how to how to snap their hips, how to twist their foot, how to really just lay into a ball. They're great hitting coaches. 
I, I consider myself a, a defensive coach. I can teach kids how to field the ball anywhere. I can see in my mind, I'm a logical thinker. I can see tendencies of players, and you want to move people around to put them in position to where they're going to be. You can't, you can't coach. You can't teach somebody to run as fast as Tyreek Hill. You're not going to do it. No. You can't coach speed, the old adage. You can't coach somebody like a, a, that has the instincts like a Derek Brooks or a Ray Lewis. Those guys are just maulers that see the field in front of them. You can't coach those types of instincts. That type yeah. of IQ of how to play the game aren't going to just pop up out of nowhere. Well, that's day. what separates good players and great players, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, not for nothing, if we're all keeping it real here, yes, you know, the, the skill IQ is absolutely something that's going to separate the great players from, from the really good players. With that in mind, we're jumping into our sponsor, True Victory Apparel. If you aren't perfect, this is the perfect brand for you. If you've ever struggled, if you've ever failed, if you've ever been the underdog, if you've ever doubted yourself or been doubted by others, this is the perfect brand for you. If you want to get better, be better, and make our world better, this is the perfect brand for you. Founded by U.S. military veterans, Troop Victory is a sportswear and streetwear brand dedicated to building everyday champions on and off the field. We're not simply a company, we're a cause. Our purpose is to transform lives and elevate humanity through the power and the unity of sports positive stories, and serving others. Our hope is to one day be the world's most trusted, inspirational, and generous brand. We're dedicated to the game, the grind, and the globe. But most importantly, we're dedicated to you. That's what it means to be always true. Go visit www.truevictory.com to find some of the dopest gear in the world. The sponsor of the No Shot Podcast when you get there, use discount code Aaron Solano. That's A-R-R-O-N-S-O-L-A-N-O. Aaron Solano at TrueVictory.com. Back to the podcast. So uh, the, the coach that you were just describing was, was my uh, middle school baseball coach when I was in HYL. Mm-hmm. And he, he had me hold on to his belt while I was field, he was trying to teach me how to field. And he was like running faster than I ever could. And... Like, I didn't even know what was going on. I don't even think my feet were touching the ground. And, like, I, I was terrified. And then he threatened to zip tie me to a fence and throw baseballs at me because I was afraid to hit. So, like... Deservingly I, so. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but then that turned me off of baseball. And sure. I didn't play for, like, another five years. Yeah. Emotional damage! That's, that's interesting, though, because at the same time, you know, if someone's up there hitting the ball, but they're not actually hitting the ball because they're afraid to get hit by the ball. I did. It terrified me. Then it sounds like you, you should be you in almost, the box. Yeah. Exactly, but you almost, as a coach, want to have that kid, not on purpose, like you don't want to throw balls at him, that, that was the wrong thing to do, but you want them to get hit by the ball for them to realize that it's uh, not, as, not as bad as you think it is. I would disagree with that. I, some mm. kids, they get hit by the ball, and they're terrified the rest of their short career. I had a, <laughs> I had a girl that I coached one time, I kid oh. you not, this poor thing, she literally got hit every game. Every game that we played, and this is underhand, fast-pitch softball, literally, at least once a game, sometimes multiple times a game, would get hit. And I would just tell her, I'm like, look, we're going to forfeit. I said, I know you're scared to death. Stand as far back in that box without crossing the chalk that you can 
and either strike out or walk. I don't care, but I can, but we can't forfeit, you know. And you, she was just such a sweetheart, and and the girls, the other girls on the team rallied around her, you know. And she ended up getting a hit at the end towards the end of the year because she finally just started swinging the bat, you know. She, I I don't know if she got numb or or what it was, <laughs> but she finally started swinging the bat and she got a hit, you know. And she didn't she she, she hit the ball I should say, and you know she got thrown out or whatever, but. The fact of the matter is, is she showed progress and mm-hmm. her fielding was showing progress. So she didn't really want to quit, you know, and I don't think she ever played again after that one year, but it, it's, it's neat to see girls and, and boys go out there and, and be shown success and what success tastes like, you know, and sometimes, look, let's face it. Sometimes kids just aren't good at the sport they're in, you mm-hmm. know, and I, find another one. Yeah, um, I do think sometimes it's important to, like, if you see an athlete that has certain needs or maybe needs to have the information relayed in a different way, yes. it's important for the coach to be like, all right, I'm going to have to approach this from a different angle. 100%. That's what I was getting back to, like, some of these coaches that are enabled with all the all the knowledge in the world of, of the, you know, the, the fine details of, of how to play this sport. They just can't relay that to their people. I've seen people that were just incredibly, you know, gifted in a certain sport that would go three and 15 on the year, you know, because they, they would get ticked off at the kids for not performing the way they expected them to, because they, again, they, they, they did, uh, you know, they would do travel leagues and stuff like that. And so they just always had that luxury of having 12, you know, triple a level kids instead of actually having to develop anybody. Mm. And some coaches, just like some players, have no business coaching, you know, just oh. because, you, well, and that's the truth. I mean, yeah. if you oh, can't develop man. players, you really have no business coaching. So do you man. think that some coaches might see the potential of players, but don't know how to get them there? I think some coaches, yes and no. I think some kit coaches, good coaches, will see the potential in players. And if they can't be the one that gets them there, they figure a way to get it there. Like I said, I've surrounded myself with coaches that I had the luxury of having people that were better in certain aspects of the game than I was that would come at it from a different angle. And I would help my, you know, my, my assistant coaches and stuff like that by doing it the same way with me. If I saw something in a player that they weren't able to get out of them, I would come at it from a different angle and say, maybe let's try this. You know, you have to treat each person as an individual on the team. And how often do you find that, like, maybe you're, you're an assistant coach and then the, uh, that the head coach, like, you had an idea and then the head coach gets offended that, that you had a better idea? Frequently. Oh. <laughs> Frequently. With that in mind, we are bringing it to Gin Pub, and today our special guest, Billy Williams, is going to go ahead and knock that out. So, Billy, drop the last few words that anyone's going to hear on this podcast in regards to the importance of developing young athletes from the parents' perspective. Developing athletes is the most important part of the game. You're not just developing an athlete, you're developing a young person. You're developing a young person and presenting them the opportunity to grow up to be something more successful in life. You have to take it with just a little more than a flippant attitude about just doing a job or doing a task. It's a responsibility. It's a responsibility to develop kids. It's a responsibility to raise kids as a parent into a way that makes them successful later on in life. Sports is no different. If all you want is to be able to go out there and say that you're coaching or go, go to bed every night thinking you're parenting, but yet you're not doing any good for the kids or the, or the team, 
you're not really doing your job. I think it'd be time to check the mirror and make sure that your head's on straight. But I, it's a unique opportunity that I think a lot of people do take advantage of. And I think there's a lot of good coaches out there that want the best for their team, that want the best for their kids, and they help make the world a better place because of that. That's about all I've got, Mike. This has been the No Shot Podcast, brought to you by True Victory Apparel and Hillside Productions. Send us out, Santa. Yeet! This has been the No Shot Podcast. Go check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Then go check out the brand at truevictory.com.